I'm excited because I feel like God is really doing amazing things right now. Um, I say it all the time when I come up here, but, you know, the spiritual realm is so real. And there's so many things that are happening around us that it would really be a good practice for us. One of the things that I encourage most people in their relationship with the Lord, and I know sometimes it's hard because you have to remember to do it, but to get into the habit of starting to ask the Lord to show you what's happening around you. Um, because I feel like one of the things that like seeing in the spirit and those things that it, what it's done for me is it's really helped me to have an understanding of the season that God is bringing us into. And when I know what God is doing in a room somewhere, uh, it allows me to be a better partaker of what's available to me in the room. Okay, does that make sense? Because sometimes what can happen to us is I come into a room and I feel, I feel the presence of the Lord is here, but I don't know what it's here for. And I tell you something, God doesn't just show up to give us a good feeling. That's, that's, that's not what it's about. I mean, he loves giving us good feelings, but there is so much power and breakthrough and freedom in a room when the presence of the Lord is here, that as we begin to uh, go before the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, why am I feeling this? What's going on on the inside of me? It's made such an enormous difference in my life. And I'm saying that because last night, this is actually a word for Kylie. Is Kylie in here? Kylie. <laughs> um, so yesterday when I was, when I came into the room for your play, first of all, I loved your performance. It was like beautiful, okay? Uh, it was so excellent that I was, I was surprised. Like when I saw the set and the, like the singing and the acting and the accents, I'm thinking like, this is, this is unbelievable. Except it was believable because I was watching it. But as I came into the room, you know, because one of the things that I noticed, uh, I'm going to get hype in a second, but I'm just trying to be sensitive to what the Lord is doing right now. When I came into the room, um, normally when I'm expecting to come in here, and it's a performance, so I'm not thinking that we're having church, um, I didn't really come expecting to experience the presence of the Lord in really a strong way. Um, you know, because it just wasn't church. And not that I thought that your performance wasn't going to be anointed, but like I wasn't really ready for it. And I came and I sat down. And when I sat down, um, I just really felt impressed by the Lord. To, and, and I just began to talk to him. And as I closed my eyes, it was like I felt this intense rush of the presence of the Lord. And um, I was kind of like shocked, truthfully, at first. And uh, I began to talk to the Lord. And uh, as I was talking to the Lord, I saw two huge angels come and like one sit on this bulb and one sit on that bulb, fitting. And, and I noticed that they had like this thing that kind of looked like a broom slash like giant leaf in their hand. And what I started to notice was that as the, the play, the performance went on, what these angels were doing is they were taking the thing in their hand and they were smashing the ground like hitting the ground as hard as they could. And I'm noticing them doing that. And I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. Like, why is this even happening right now? And as they begin to do it, what I started to notice was that it was like the dust that had settled on the ground, which I knew was the presence. That uh, like what they were doing was they were like the, the remnants of the glory what they were doing is, is they were like hitting the ground. And as it was happening, it was like puffs of this thing. And, you know, I began to talk to the Lord about it. And I really felt like what the Lord wanted to encourage you with is that um, 
and, I, and I'm sure that you know this, that it's like, you know, there's an anointing in your life to do these things, but I just really want you to like solidify that on the inside of you, or not me, but like heaven does, to let you know that there is, <clears throat> the presence of the Lord is like so strong in here. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, shake it off, shake it off. All right. Um, that, yeah, basically like you're, you, when you, as you write these things to really expect, you know, the presence and the anointing of the Lord, because I feel like what it does is, is that, um, it stirs atmospheres. And what I noticed was, is that as the wave was like the, cause you can imagine there's like air that was going and it was like making like the presence like pop up like a cloud, but also it was the air was beginning to fan like the embers on people's hearts. Um, and so, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. So let's just stretch our hand, stretch our hand towards her. Um, Heavenly Father, we just, we're blessing, Lord, the anointing that you've given to Kylie. And I'm thanking you, Heavenly Father, that you continue to stir and fan, Lord, the flame of what you're, of what you're doing on the inside of her, God. That as she writes, Lord, we declare Holy Spirit inspiration, God. That it would be like she's preaching a message and laying hands on people as they're just sitting and watching a show, God. That your anointing and your presence that they would just saturate her hands as she writes and her mind, Heavenly Father, as she prepares these things. Lord, we declare that the best is yet to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Yay. Thank you. Okay. I have time for one more, and I'm going to do it really quick. I apologize. I think I got, I got it under control now. Okay. Whew. That's good. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, but I don't know your name. Uh, 67, dude. Yo, what up? Yeah, you. Hey, can you stand up? What's your name? Who? Lazier? Lazaric. All right, that's a sweet name, dude. Um, so we actually, you can stay standing because we're going to pray for you. Hate to embarrass you or anything, but whatever. Do your thing, bro. Uh, we bumped into each other back there. Uh, actually, you didn't bump into me. You were polite, so you didn't like just like, ah, get out of my way, man. You're like, excuse me. And I got out of your way, and as you walked by me, I saw a giant owl fly out of this, like, not fly out of the sky because it's not actually in the sky, but it flew and landed on your shoulder. It was like, wow, it was crazy. And um, I, I kind of didn't pay attention to it, but it's hard to not pay attention to a giant bird that <laughs> flies and lands on your shoulder. Uh, and this was in the spiritual realm, so you don't have to be like, oh, there's birds, on, there's no birds in here. Um, but I didn't really pay much attention to it, and then the Lord began to speak to me about it. And really quickly, I just Googled, um, what, does it, what does an owl mean? And in, an owl, uh, the symbols of what an owl means is wisdom, mystery, transition, intelligence, prosperity and protection and it talks about that when when you like when you would see an owl or whatever or what an owl signifies is that secrets are going they're ready to be released um and the other thing that i really felt impressed by the lord was is that um one of the things that people know about owls is that they do all their business in the night they're not day creatures but they're night they're nocturnal um, and as I began to talk to the Lord about that, what I really felt like the Lord was saying was, the biggest thing is, is the Lord wants you to know is that you're in a season of transition. Um, and I don't necessarily know if that ne like means something to you right now where you're like, yes, I'm definitely there. Uh, but I feel like what the Lord is saying is that get ready for the things that you're hearing about in church. And, and I don't know if you're churched or not, but God really desires to begin to invade in your life in a big way that there's a season of transition that's coming to you and it looks like wisdom, intelligence, it looks like prosperity.
But I felt like what the Lord said, was talking to me about with how the owl is nocturnal is that what the Lord wants to begin to do is he's gonna do these things in the night. That it's kind of like, it's gonna be outside of your control to be able to try to figure it out. But what I feel like the Lord is saying is like, I don't know if you like have music that you listen to at night, or I would even say like, put on like the Bible and let it play to you through the night. Because what the Lord wants to begin to do is like invade in your dreams, or even to the place I saw what he was saying, is like, you're gonna like wake up and the moment that you wake up, it's like all of a sudden you're gonna know something that you didn't know. And there's no reason that you would know it except for the fact that God was ministering to you and releasing secrets to you in the night, okay? Does that make sense? Yes, awesome, cool. Okay, so let's just, let's just stretch his hand. Father, we're just declaring, Lord, right now, God, that everything that you promised will come to pass. Heavenly Father, I know that your desire is to transition uh, you know, not just in this situation, but Father, in every situation in his life, God, you desire to bring him higher and closer to you. And Heavenly Father, I'm just declaring right now, God, that anything that would try to slow it down or stop it up, Father, right now we declare, we just break any hindrances that would try to come, any sort of spiritual hindrances, even anything like bad dreams at night that would try to come as a result of this. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, I'm declaring, God, that, that you bless his mind during his sleep, God, that you just invade his life, God, through the night. And Heavenly Father, we're declaring that those secrets in his life would be released in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, second thing I want to say, I'm just going to do commercials the whole time. If you are not here on Wednesday night, what, what are, I'm trying to think of like, a non-condemning word to label you with. Okay. My Uncle Dom preached, and he's going to be preaching again on Wednesday. You, okay, let me emphasize this. This is not hype. You need to be here. Okay, let me say that again. You need to be here. Okay, I have been serving the Lord, and I have a real relationship with God. Okay, like, whatever. But the information that he is delivering to us, it was literally like you've, it, I was as close to my mind being blown as naturally possible. It was literally like he had defined this process that you go through to experience relationship with the Lord. He gave it words that up until now, truthfully, I really don't know that I've ever heard someone talk about it. It was like he gave you information that you'd expect from a university, but explained it to you in a way that was like Olivia could understand what he's talking about. If you have been desiring an increase in your relationship with the Lord, an increase in hearing the voice of the Lord, an increase in, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to tell you, you need to, one, go listen to online, uh, go online and listen to last Wednesdays, and you need to do your very best to be here. Um, I believe that one of the things that God is doing in this season is he is awakening people to live in this, right? The year of the great harvest. And the way that God does that is he speaks to us with what he wants us to do, okay? And if we don't know how to hear the voice of the Lord, right, we automatically, not because God is not speaking, but we're automatically disqualified from knowing how to step in because we don't understand how to hear his voice, okay? And this is what he's doing. He's teaching us and talking to us about what it's like to have conversational relationship with the Lord, okay? 
So you need to be here. Okay? Amazing. Okay, Matthew 21. Now I'm going to preach. That was not preaching. That was introing. Okay. Matthew chapter 21. I'm sure you would all expect that I would go to this um, because this is the official Palm Sunday passage of Scripture. And Matthew 21 in verse... Uh, so basically what's happening in Matthew 21 right now is Jesus is getting ready to come into Jerusalem and he sends his disciples to go and run a couple of errands in order to prepare everything for him for when he goes and gets ready to enter into the city. And so it says this, that so the disciples went and did as Jesus, has, Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and they laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So Heavenly Father, this morning, Lord, our sincerest desire is to know you. Lord, like Paul prayed, God, that my determined purpose is to know you. Lord, this morning, Aside from everything else, we want to know you in a deeper and more intimate way because we know that when we know you, when we believe you, when we trust in you, that the keys, the doorway to the kingdom is open to us. Heavenly Father, our desire is not just to know about you, but our desire is to know you. Like John 15 says, God, that we want you to be in us and we want to be in you. God, we want the fullness of who we are expressed through the fullness of who you are. So Heavenly Father this, Father, this morning, I'm open that you would open up our eyes to see you, open up our ears to hear you, open up our mind to understand you, because when we know, we know that when we receive the truth, the truth will set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I love teaching on like Palm Sunday. I love teaching on Easter Sunday. I love teaching special services uh, because it's kind of like my forte, you know, if you're looking for like a solid, encouraging word, you know, let me pump you up, let me woof you up, you know, like I am your guy, okay? In my past life, I was a motivational speaker, right? This is what I did, okay? And I love special services because I love the idea of taking something that we all know, right? A story that we've heard a thousand times and finding some new fun angle and preaching it from some new fun way. And so as I'm getting ready to do this for Palm Sunday, you know, I'm excited, right? I'm sitting at my computer, and I'm getting ready to type, and I'm talking to the Lord, you know, because this is how I get ready. I'm just talking to the Lord, and typically what I'll do is me and the Lord will kind of have a conversation, and I'm just going to start spit-firing ideas at him. Like, hey, Lord, what about this? What about this? What about this? And normally it's like, you know, which we, by the time that I spit out one or two, you know, it's like, all right, this is happening and we're flowing, we're going somewhere. You know, God loves my idea and he's like taking me on the journey. Okay. Normally that's how it goes for me. But this time as I'm getting ready and I'm preparing, you know, I've got a couple of good ideas. Okay. And I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, okay, Lord, what about this? What do I hear? Silence. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. You don't like that one. That's cool. That's cool. I didn't love it either, but... <laughs> All right, Lord, what about this one? And nothing, silence. And at this point, I'm getting a little bit nervous, right? And so I turn on some worship music because I'm thinking maybe I'm just out of the flow here because that was definitely a good idea, okay? And so I got some worship music going and I'm like, okay, Lord, what about this one, right? And then nothing, 
okay? And so this one, I'm kind of like panicking, like, oh my gosh, do I have like some sort of unconfessed sin in my life that I've separated myself from God? And I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, Lord, what's, what's happening to me right now? Right, because there's one really vulnerable moment when you're preparing to get ready for a message, and it's that you know you have to preach the next day, and there's always this fear in the back of your mind that God isn't going to give you a message, and you're going to get up here and stand up here and have no notes, have nothing to say, and totally try to flub your way through it, okay? And that yesterday in the afternoon, this is the way that I'm feeling. I'm feeling like, this is it, man. I'm going solo. This is just going to happen. And so I'm spitfire at ideas with the Lord, and literally I feel like I'm hearing nothing. And so finally, I sit back in my chair, okay, finally, probably after 25 minutes, a half an hour of asking, okay, what about this, what about this? I sit back in my chair, and I, I just kind of sit, and I'm like, okay, Lord, like, what is it that you want to say? And I close my eyes, and I just have a vision of the Lord, and I saw him, and he walks over to me. This is just like in my mind. He walks over to me, and he picks up a palm, like what we just read, that they would have laid down at Jesus' feet. He picks it up, and then I heard my dad's words, which we have on there. He looked at me with the palm, and he said, what if you believed? What if you believed? And you know, as the good Christian pastor, right, I said, Lord, but I do believe. Okay, but you know, right, this is one of the things that I've learned. When God comes and he basically tells you you don't believe, the dumbest thing that you can do is be like, no, but God, you don't know me. Like, <laughs> deep down, I believe, okay? And so I, I saw him, and he walks up to me, and he makes a statement to me. He said to me, what if you believed? And as he said that, immediately I understood what he was saying to me. Because, you know, one of the things that, that, uh, that I think about all the time with a lot of our Christian symbolism is that sometimes we can do a lot of these things. You know, we could wear a cross around our neck and we could put a palm and use it as a bookmark in our Bible. And I knew immediately what the Lord was saying to me was that what would happen in your life if you believed what this signifies was actually the truth? What would happen in your existence if I believed that this was more than just some fun thing that we do on Palm Sunday? What if I believed that 2,000 years ago, when Jesus went to the cross, he actually did and accomplished everything that I read about that he did? That these cards say, this leaf ushered in my freedom. What would happen? What would my life look like if I actually 100%, more than my situations, more than my circumstances, what if I believed that the symbolism of holding this cross was actually the truth? What would our life begin to look like? What if I believed this symbolized my freedom, my prosperity, my healing. That this day, this moment, this time that we stand in 2,000 years ago was the preparation, the beginning of the best life I could possibly live. 
Because you see, I know, I mean, Jesus said it like this, right? Not with this particular thing, but we know that with the communion, another symbol of things that we do, he said it like this. He said, do this in remembrance of me. What was he talking about in that section? What was he talking about? Was he saying, you know, do it in remembrance of me, like remember the time when I passed the cup around and remember when, you know, I passed the, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying every time you do this, every time you hold a symbol in your hand, remember, let the truth come alive on the inside of you that this symbol is more than just the symbol. You're remember, uh, allow on the inside of you, rekindle the, the, the infra, rekindle the hope on the inside of you that God actually has accomplished everything that he said he's accomplished. That any time I experience less than everything God has done in my life, I'm going to grab out my palm and wave it in the face of the devil and say, wait a minute, this is the truth. Because you see, when I remember Jesus, when I allow the reality of who he is and what he did to come alive on the inside of me, when I remember what he purchased for me, What happens on the inside of me is the life of God begins to flow, not just in me, but around me. You see, the symbolism of what this is, the cross, what Jesus did, there's enough power in the truth of this to change every situation in your life. And so when I look at this palm, there's really three things that it makes me think about. And I really felt like this morning, what the Lord wanted to do was that as we take this and as we walk away with it, that we would allow it to become our meditation. Because one of the things that I've noticed over the last little while, and, and I just had a rhema done on me and you know, my aunt was in the back room and, you know, she's going over the whole thing about, you know, her teaching, you know, you really need to say, you really need to confess, you really need to. And the more that I become aware of what God is doing right now, the more that I realize how much of this, the truth, the information that we receive so much rests on our shoulders. Because trying to say this in like a really positive way. There is no reason, none, that you should experience any less than everything Jesus has purchased for you. There is absolutely nothing that is holding you back from experiencing the fullness of what Jesus purchased for us on the cross. That when I hold this leaf in my hand, in this, okay, now it's not this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's this. We're not going to like bow down and worship the palm, <laughs> okay? So don't worry. We're not like taking a weird left turn in the church somewhere, okay? I'm not talking about the palm. 
What I'm saying is, is that there comes a time, I believe, it's like what Paul said as I opened this morning in prayer, that Paul finally came to this place where he understood that the purpose of my life is to know the Lord. Because let me tell you something, the more that we know him and believe him, the more that our life just automatically starts to change. And so for me, as I grabbed a hold of this palm, and as I began to converse with the Lord, he spoke to me about three things, three, uh, three pieces of symbolism that this can hold to us. Let me tell you this morning, like just let your heart, God is doing like a work this morning, and that's why I'm, I'm trying to be like really sensitive to him. Um, there is real significance about this season that we're in uh, coming up. I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about uh, like Pentecost and coming up. And so I just want to say, just bear with me here because I'm trying to get to somewhere. So the first thing that this palm talked to me about, actually, do you mind if I just pray for one second? And I'm, I'm not like struggling or stressed out here, so don't get nervous with me. But I, I know God is doing something. So Heavenly Father, this morning, just say that, just say, I choose as an act of my will to release any disappointment. Say, I choose as an act of my will to release past failures. Say, and I choose as an act of my will to bind to myself the truth of who Jesus is and what he purchased for me. Amen. Look, God is doing something amazing on the inside of each and every one of us. Let me tell you, I really believe it has so much to do with this, the year of great harvest, and how each of us have really grabbed a hold of this, really the truth and the reality of it. And I feel like what's happening right now is like there's friction on the inside of us. And what that is doing is it's really causing and forcing a lot of us to begin to change. Okay, like for the amount of testimonies that we've experienced and heard about this year, more so than any other year, let me tell you, God is seriously stirring our heart to begin to experience more and more and more from him. Okay, and so as you're feeling that this morning, like, um, I don't know what's going on. Let the friction of the Holy Spirit turn on the inside of you because what he's doing is he's stirring our heart to experience everything that God wants to do. Amen? Okay, so the first thing that this palm signifies to me, okay, is who he is, okay? Who he is. He gave his life so that I could live, okay? This palm, when you hold this thing in your hand, it signifies to me that everything that I need Jesus has already done for you, okay? That's why we have these great things. Freedom, healing, deliverance. I don't necessarily know what they all say. Peace, okay? I'm not sure what yours says. But everything that you would need right now in your life, Jesus, when he came and went through this whole period of time, he accomplished everything that you would need. Okay, in fact, I thought it was really interesting in that scripture that we read, you know, it said the people shouted out, you know, like, Hosanna, Hosanna, you know, and we sing it. And I honestly never knew what the word actually meant. Okay, like I'm thinking like, oh, this must be like a name of God. Okay, truthfully, like as I'm researching, I'm thinking this must be something that's just so beautiful about God. And in fact, when I read about it, 
the word comes from two separate words. And I'm not going to say them because that would be bad. Um, but the first root part of the word is to be saved or to be delivered, which is like, oh, obviously, like, I get that. But the, but the second one is, is uh, it's like basically an exhortation. And so I was reading about this word and really like the things that it meant. It was like if you were stranded on an island somewhere, okay? And, you know, you're stranded and you, you literally thinking, this is it, I'm done. I'm gonna die on this island. And all of a sudden you see like a guy drive by on a boat and he comes ashore and he's like, hey, I'm here to save you, right? Your response to him would be, Hosanna, <laughs> Okay, and sometimes what happens is, is that we feel like it's like this really spiritual thing, but what the people understood in this moment was as they saw Jesus ride in on the donkey, they realized and their proclamation was basically like, we thought that our end was destruction, but now that we see you, I realize I have been saved. And so they shout Hosanna because what moments before was despair, hope on the inside of their heart was resurrected. That where they thought their situation was going to consume them, as Jesus rides into the town, as they see him and they experience everything about him, they realize, I have been saved. Let me tell you this morning, Jesus has saved you. And he hasn't just saved you so you get to go to heaven, although that's amazing. I tell you, the same faith that it takes to believe you're going to heaven can change every single one of your situations. Right? The word saved is life the way that God would live it if he decided to come down to earth and live life here. That everything in all of creation would be at his disposal. That is the kind of life you were designed to live. You know, and as I begin to think about it, right, you know, because, you know, we see this moment, and they're all like, people, they ride in, and they're like, Hosanna, Hosanna, like, yeah, we're saved, hallelujah, okay? And then we know that, like, a couple of days later, right, you know, they're, like, dishing, and they're yelling, crucify him, and I'm thinking to myself, what on earth happened here? Like, that's a serious transition to go from. And as I was thinking about it, I was thinking about how, detrimental it is for us to live based off of uh, like our five physical senses because you know i don't actually if you, normally i hated the crowd okay and that was just the truth because that was what we we're trained to do in christianity right they crucified our lord we need to hate them okay and that's the way that i was used to but as i began to think about it you know these people are thinking you know he's come to save us he's going to overthrow the government and then all of a sudden, the next day, they realize, you know, he's in handcuffs and chains. And what are they thinking? This liar. Like, what a liar. Like, we thought he was coming to save us. And now we realize you're just a filthy, rotten criminal. Okay? But let me tell you something. They missed out. Why? Because they allowed their situation to dictate to them what they believed. You know, I think about that all the time. Like, we read things on Facebook. I just sometimes do that. Like, I'll be like, oh, I read this online, so it must be true. <laughs> I'm thinking, Dad, did you know they make hoverboards now? He's like, where did you see that? I'm like, oh, it's on Facebook. <laughs> but I tell you something, it's the same thing in our lives in every area. 
that we experience situations and because I experience the situation, I allow it to become the truth. That's what kept the crowd out from experiencing the fullness of what Jesus did. And I tell you this morning, it's the only thing that will keep you out. If you believe more in your situation than you believe in what Jesus did, it's the only thing that can disqualify us from living in the promise. The second thing it says, so the first thing it tells me is who he is, okay? He's my savior, okay? He did everything that needed to be done in order for me to experience life. The second thing it reminds me about is what he did, okay? He gave his life so that I could be free to experience the goodness of God. He took on himself the curse, everything that was negative, all the negative situations that I was going to experience in the future, he took on himself so that I wouldn't have to experience even a negative moment in my life. Say law there. Let me say that again, because that's good. He went to the cross, hear this, so that you wouldn't have to experience a negative moment in your life. The scripture says it like this, it's sweatless victory. Where you win battles, you didn't even realize you were in. Isn't that the way that Adam lived? The scripture says that we have the authority. We have been given dominion. You see, these symbols to us can be so much more. He died so that we could be freed from deception. Deception that would so easily keep us stuck to this natural realm. That would so easily keep us stuck and tied to living natural lives. You see, you were not meant to live a single natural moment ever. The scripture says that every single day in your life has been like laid out perfectly by the Lord. That he knows the number of your days and he set us on a course so that we could experience eternal life, destiny in everything that we do. Every decision that we make, everywhere that we go, the scripture says he's already been there and he's already prepared, prepared the way for us, that he sent angels to go before us so that they would prosper our way even before we get there. He's delivered us from believing anything other than me living in and experiencing the perfection of Christ. Matthew 19, 26 says this, I can do all things, or it says all things are possible with God. Philippians 4, 13 says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and cast to the sea, it says that it must obey you. What, what he did for us on the cross purchased for me everything that I would need in order to live in the destiny and the perfection of everything that God desired. The third thing is that this thing speaks, that this thing, this symbol speaks to me, is about his nature. His nature. It shows me who he is. Romans 8.23 says this, that if God 
wouldn't even spare his own son. What then would he not do or give to you? Think about that. Like if he was willing to give his own son on the cross, do we really think that he wouldn't supply our needs? If he was willing to give it all, put his own son on the cross, do we not believe that he doesn't want to heal our physical bodies? Doesn't he want to restore our relationships? Doesn't he want to give us wisdom and understanding? His nature is that he desires to do absolutely whatever we need. That he has opened up, the scripture says it like this, that on earth as it is in heaven. That he desires for us that we would not live according to this natural life, this natural world, but we would experience heaven on earth. And the other thing that it tells me about his nature is he's never going to let you down. He's never going to let you down. If he was willing to do this, if he was willing to go all the way, if he was willing to lay down his own life, if he was willing to sacrifice to give everything, I can promise you one thing. He will never, ever let you down. So Heavenly Father, this morning, I'm asking God, that this understanding, Lord, would be in us. Lord, where there in the past may have been disappointment, just put your hands out right now. I feel like this is what God is doing this morning. Lord, where there has been disappointment where we haven't wanted to believe, where the past and past situations have negatively affected us, where we felt as though we've laid our lives down and got nothing in return. Or what we got in return was that. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that just like what we saw last night, Lord, that hope would stir on the inside of us. Stir, Holy Spirit, desire once again. Lord, let us look at these crosses and remember who you are. Lord, like the scripture says, let us be returned back to our first love. To experience you, Lord, Jesus' name.